Minus three is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Gabriel. Plunges touchdown. Nick Anderson. From the 19, five in the pattern for Purdy, who escapes and fires end zone. Touchdown, Kittle. We're down to 123 to go on a second and nine. Pickett lines up a deep ball. Separation. Touchdown, George Pickens. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Now that was funny. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3 Sports fans. We're presented as ever by Omaha. I hope your sports weekend was juicy. Mine was plum hysterical. I'm a Steelers fan, don't you know? And watching the Ravens throw that one away. Lamar Jackson was only half right. He said that the Steelers didn't win the game, that the Ravens lost the game. And I do think if you look at the standings right now, you will see that he is, like I say, 50% accurate. Because if you look in the loss column, there's one more strike in it now next to the Ravens. However, if you look next to the Steelers, they have one extra win. So they did, in fact, win that game. And by doing that, they took over first place in the AFC North. My message is not to celebrate my team, which obviously is not playing great, but they're three and two. So what sense can I make of this? This is a message for everyone who is a football fan. If you are rooting for the Niners, congratulations. If you're rooting for the Eagles, same to you. If you like the Dolphins or the Chiefs, things look great right now for you. Maybe even the Bills after the trip overseas. You've got the Dolphins just a week before. Now, after those five, four, five, four and a half teams, if we're talking about any other team, now I want you to take a look at the conference standings. Everybody is wringing their hands. I can tell you on the banks of the three rivers right now, like, dude, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. It don't make the Steelers good because they beat the ball birdies on Sunday. They still stink. Yeah, they're three and two. Look at the AFC standings. The Steelers aren't just in first place in their bum division. They have the third best record in the entire AFC. If the playoffs started tomorrow, which they're not going to do. I have it on good uh, good word that they intend to play the full 17-game season. Um, but if they did, the Steelers stand as the third best team in the AFC. My point being, we have a very small upper class in the NFL right now. Then you have a thick middle class. Also interesting, the slimmest, I guess it's kind of like America's economic uh, structure, class structure now. Very few at the very top of the thing, then a middle class and an emerging lower class that's getting bigger and bigger. When was the last time there were this many garbage teams? I'm not talking about like any given Sunday kind of thing. I mean, spaghetti behind the glass there and hello to you. I know your sports weekend wasn't good. Uh, going to try nope. and turn that frown upside down for you. We're going to turn from pigskin to puck in just a minute or two here. Now, you like Josh Owey from The Athletic. He's one of the best voices in it. A great follow on social media and beyond. Agreed. But there was some nastiness a couple springs ago when my Penguins, his Penguins, played your New York Rangers. We have to settle that hash so we can move forward together. Do I have your promise to behave? 
I'm you love to pit me against like every guest we have, and I'm I find myself to be a, a relatively uh I do. easygoing person. I like to do that spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like you do. My issue is never with Josh. It was just with a lot of the uh the penguin supporters who are still salty about uh stuff that happened, I mean, uh what a thousand days ago. I mean I'm not just... salty about any of it. What are you okay. talking about? I'm excited right. for the hockey side, just like I just told you. You're lashing out now. That that's not. I'm kind, not lashing out at anything. I'm excited. What did I just tell you? I'm a, I'm I mean I'm on cloud nine. Can't you see that? What a what a hysterical win that was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the big but the big story I really do think we have to say, five weeks through, the Niners are the best team, and that's not to diminish the Eagles, Dolphins, or Chiefs, but it does feel like. Not inexplicably, but the paradox of our obsession with quarterbacks and finding the quarterback and the draft process and scouting for years on end to get that guy and Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is in the best spot performing with what's asked of him as well as any quarterback is at any spot in the league. The Niners are the best team right now. But okay, Spaghetti. And rightly, the Niners are are a favorite to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC side, and the Eagles are right there with them. And then a pretty big drop-off on the AFC side. It's the Chiefs, it's the Dolphins, and the Bills. Dolphins and Bills tied up, and that makes sense because the Bills beat the Dolphins head-to-head a week ago. But make a case for me. Pick one team on either side that's going to break through and disrupt what appears to be, um, I mean, it, it's foolish because we do this every year. Like, well, those are the best teams. Obviously, they're going to be playing in the title game. We know because we've watched football for the last 20 or 40 years that that's not the way it's going to break. It's not going to go chuck. So who is the team that's going to play disruptor come January? The tough question. I mean, yes. I think the obvious one, I'm not going to go with them. I, I, I definitely need to see more out of them uh, versus tough matchups. I need to see the health of Joe Burrow get better. I know Jamar Chase has had, you know, a big game. The Bengals, the one that have they have the ability because they've been there before. I think when their defense is right, it could be okay. They have a decent pass. rush. saw that one primetime game they had. Um, so Burrow, because of just who he is, the pedigree, as you like to point out, I think they're probably the one, but I mean, you look at the AFC, like, obviously it's, I, I don't want to discount the entire AFC North. No offense to your, your Steelers, but I just don't think outside of the Bengals is really a, a threat there. The AFC South, absolutely not. I'm already counting them out. I don't, I don't get over with. Like, I know they had a nice win, the Jags, but there's just something off about that team. The AFC West, the Chiefs are playing in a division that's like the, the biggest threat to them. They have a coach who may not make it to the rest of the season. So it's like, how much are they of threat? So then it's like just basically the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And the Bills in that mix. So I guess the pick from the AFC side is the Bengals. When you flip it over to the NFC okay, side. Okay, that's the right pick there. Although, I w- yeah, uh, the Ravens are weird. They're hard to figure out because L- Lamar Jackson was dynamite on Sunday until he wasn't. You know, I mean, he, you know, we can point the finger in a number of different directions, but really he's the main man. He's got to make all the flaws around him go away. And instead he is directly responsible for the Steelers having an opportunity to rally and win that game in the fourth quarter because of that atrocious ball he threw into the end zone that got picked off. But yes, I mean, 
they they remain intriguing because they have shot themselves in the foot twice now, but they've shot themselves in the foot. That doesn't go away in January. It's gonna the the intensity is gonna be ratcheted up where you have less wiggle room to make mistakes, not more. So yeah, the Ravens are hard to get excited about, is in my opinion right now but you're on the afc side i know where you're going the answer is the detroit lions the bookmakers don't yet buy them Mm -hmm. they're plus 750 that's behind the cowboys even after the cowboys got destroyed i don't know where you generate excitement as a dallas fan unless you're rooting for somebody else to beat the niners in january because now you it's pretty clear that's three in a row and this was the worst one yet you got whipped by that Niners team on Sunday night in front of the entire nation, nay, the entire globe. I don't know how you rally yourself um, to to convince yourself like, oh yeah, we can hang with that team on a different day. It doesn't appear that's the case. The Lions are the one who are a little bit undervalued by the bookmakers. The best one, how about the Seahawks at 18 to one? I know they're in the same division as the Niners, but they continue to get almost no buzz and, you know, we're now two years into this Geno experience and there's no sign that it's fraudulent on any level. I think that's where you at least sprinkle a little bit of loot is on the Seahawks. They have a chance the way they're wired with their ability to run the ball and defend you. And they have those nice big corners that we keep talking about. I like the Seahawks as, an, as a dark horse play out of the NFC. Yeah, those would be the two picks. I mean, maybe, you know, we're recording this uh, relatively early on a Monday, but maybe, you know, the, the Packers win the game tonight. They can go on a run. They're a potential team who I like, but it's it's one of those two teams. Um, and I, I just wish, like, I have to go probably through the first-round picks and the, the 2023 draft again, but it's like if the Lions didn't take Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell and they took other guys hmm. who were – you know, that fit at more of a position of need or more impactful players. Like they're not even really using Gibbs the way I thought they would. Um, and taking an interior linebacker, an off ball linebacker doesn't really make a ton of sense to me there. Um, so that would, but luckily they hit massively on Sam Laporta, the tight end uh, out of Iowa, who's been awesome. So I guess that kind of makes up for it, but they could have had two more impactful players in the teens that this team could have been even better. So great job by Dan Campbell. And I have to say too, their quarterback, Jared Goff, you talk about Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, like the division leader uh, uh, Bucks uh, with Baker Mayfield, the Falcons right behind them with Desmond Ritter. I mean, there's like so many Hmm. guys across the league. Derek Carr. Yeah, and then these quarterbacks that weren't the the heralded, like, the high-pedigree guys, and it's like, that's why I was, you know, beating this drum last year saying about the whole Daniel Jones thing, and you can say what you want about it this year, but I still think it's more to do with the roster mess than than him, but... It's like you don't always need to tank for that guy that's going to change everything and fix all flaws, the a la Patrick Mahomes. And I think we're going to see it again in this draft with Caleb Williams. But it goes to show you that you could actually win games with guys. I mean, you're the Steelers winning the AFC North. People want to pick a gun. You're three and two winning the division. So it's like right. Tua, people crushing Tua for years didn't take Herbert. Well, they're four and one leading the division. Their offense is amazing. So there's like no right way to build a team. in The NFL is based on my point of this. And I like that this year is just so wide open in terms of like which quarterbacks could be good. It's all about being in the right fit and all about having the great offensive line. And to your point, the last few weeks about having the right play caller, that makes a huge difference. I, I think you're close, but then you, but then you lose it right at the end there when you start with the all about. Cause it's not all about any, like if you well, yeah. get, yeah. and I was going to say the shortcut, but it's not a shortcut to go one in 16. But if you go one in 16 and you're in a slot and one of the real deal guys happens to be there when you're drafting and you get him, 
well, that wasn't through any skill that you landed a generational talent, but your team is going to be playoff relevant in all likelihood for the next 10 or 15 years. But by being a top three pick drafting in that spot doesn't guarantee that you get the real deal QB. You're just going to be in a slot where if that guy pays off the pedigree that uh, on the level people expect them to, which is to say, I say these terrible teams, your giants right now, Cardinals, Panthers, Broncos, Patriots are all real bad. Like Mm. right now, like worse than we thought, I think across the board, we knew the cards were going to stink. I don't think anybody thought any of those other teams were going to be junk. And, you know, we talked a week ago to Mike Renner and you, you do think about Kayla Drake may and Bo Nix and Shador Sanders. I mean, all those teams are going to be in a position in all likelihood to get one of those QBs. So that's already reason for optimism. And I do wonder now if the Broncos, where they sit, if they start the big purge here and watch how that can swing some contenders status over these next handful of weeks as the new NFL and trading in season starts to go down. Now, before we get to some puck talk here five weeks through, and it was a fun weekend of college football, We'll dig in on that and give you our picks for next week on the next minus three with Kevin Hench. Um, by the way, thank you to everybody, uh, Czech Republic and beyond, who once again watched the 15-minute NFL pregame show on YouTube or Twitter, wherever you found it, Facebook. We appreciate it. Big numbers for us there. We have a a, a bona fide hit there, Eddie Spaghetti, and uh, great work by you and Hench and everybody over at Omaha, our pals Anthony and Kirsten putting a lot of toil into that. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you giving a look to it. Spread the good word there. Spread it around. Uh, our success is your success, and so we appreciate you sharing that with us. But um, before we move to some puck talk here, I do want to say very quickly about that Baltimore and Pittsburgh game. Best rivalry in pro football. You saw why it doesn't look like a – Chiefs or Bills playoff game or anything, but I find it plumb delightful as a Steelers fan going back to the year of Duck Hodges that this team in the quarterback league where every other score is like 34 to 31 that the Steelers can beat teams that are more talented they are not every time, but with some consistency by winning games 12 to 11 or whatever. I mean, okay, it was 17 to 10 on Sunday, but that was with a safety and a missed two-point conversion and a block. It was a, another crazy game. Here are, my, here are my thoughts for you very quickly. The Steelers did a good thing with Lamar Jackson that I don't think people talk about that much uh, over the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson's getting hit. Teams are intent on smacking him, whereas they didn't. If you watch that game closely, the Steelers did their best to lay the wood early and all the way through the game. Did that get into Lamar a little bit down the stretch there? I don't know, but they definitely were intent on punishing him a little bit more than you used to see in his rookie season, sophomore year and beyond. He is getting got more than he used to get these last couple of years. That awful interception that I say, I went through the game, I counted up seven drops, six of which were egregious, bad drops. Um, I think it's as simple as this. If Rashad Bateman catches the ball in the end zone at seven, nothing uh, for Baltimore, if he takes it to 14, nothing, it's pretty close to game over. Same goes for the end of the first half where the steel, where the uh, Ravens botched the clock. Apparently Tyler Lindenbaum snapped the ball because he thought a Steeler jumped off sides. I don't care who's to blame for that. You get three there and make it 13, three again, game over with the way that Steelers offense is playing this season. They're averaging 
one offensive touchdown a week and they're in first place and they're two and zero in the division. You understand everybody else has at least one loss. Oh, it's just hysterical. Um, Lamar Jackson is right. He can point the finger around and say, our receivers can't drop the ball, but you are the man now, Lamar, and you are making that level of bank. You must cover all warts on the rest of your team. That said, Andrews three drops, Zay Flowers with two bad ones. Andy fell down. I think that was Lamar Jackson. Didn't see him early enough. And so Zay Flowers been trying to slow down um tripped over himself a little bit i think that one was more on lamar that pick in the end zone was an atrocity um but listen bottom line all the hand-wringing about kenny about the matt canada and everything else and he is not a world beater as a play caller but kenny pickett is if you go back through that game as i did you will find at least there are at least three throws that i can see where he's clean pickett is and he's just missing guys 10 yards downfield in front of him. He is missing guys open in the middle of the field. I think he is seeing the pressure um, in the foreground and missing what's behind him there. That said, there were some decent signs there. He drilled a minimum of three throws outside the hashes to Pickens, three pro-level throws um, in big spots. And you talk about the big spots, or I do, with Kenny Pickett. It's weird. He is kind of, I'm not saying he's as good as Clayton Kershaw is at football, as, as baseball, Kenny Pickett is good at football. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but he's sort of the opposite of, of Kershaw. Kershaw dominates, dominates, and dominates, and then gets into these high leverage moments and then stinks. Kenny Pickett is like, this is our guy. There's no one. This is it. And when he gets into these clutch moments, he keeps delivering. And as I always say, to me, clutch is a mirage it is maintaining your usual level and not having a drop off because there's more pressure on you to deliver in the big spot kenny pickett is actually doing the the actual rarity here he's elevating in those spots it's really weird because there's an air of mediocrity about him for about 58 minutes most weeks but in these in these games eddie spaghetti over the last two years when the game is on the line, one score game, and the Steelers have a chance to win it, it's hard to call it a fluke when it keeps going Kenny Pickett's way. How say you? I think that that throw, that 40-plus yard touchdown with whatever time was left, was just a phenomenal throw. And again, it goes to my point of you build a good enough team where you have the premier pass rusher in TJ Watt and you have great weapons on the outside and a great coaching staff, uh, you know, so to speak, I know Canada is always in the hot seat, but uh, <clears throat> there's no rhyme or re- like, I, I just hate that we had it's kind of ending now this season, but I just hate the fact that we are in this NFL phase lately where it's just like, Oh, if the quarterback isn't throwing four touchdown passes and his first week as a rookie, then you got to move on and find somebody else. Like there are other ways to win. And we are used to the NFL 10 years ago, people were winning with running and defense. I can't see why the Steelers could do it, especially in a a strange year for that division where Deshaun Watson has not been great. I mean, we've seen the last two years when Jackson's healthy, by the uh, way, weird crap going on in Cleveland right now where the head coach is kind of like dancing around where Deshaun Watson is, but he'll be in there against San Francisco. And by the way, if it goes chalk, the Browns are about to take another loss this week. So it does improve Pittsburgh's um, slot a little bit more while they sit out the bye. The Browns are likely to fall a half game further yes. back instead of picking up a half game. 
Yeah, and I just think, like I said before, the Bengals, they're the I don't think the book's written on them yet. Um, definitely need to see improvement over the next few weeks, but they've been a, a huge disappointment. So uh, I think your Steelers are in a, a great spot and, and a division that, you know, people had trouble picking in the start of the, the year. And now it's shown us why, because no one really probably guessed how it was going to go out like this. Um, but I, and I will add, you brought up the worst teams in the NFL. And I was trying to think as you're giving your Steelers monologue, what the actual, who the actual worst team is right now. And I, I think I may actually pick the Patriots. Uh, I know the Giants are playing the Patriots at home in a few weeks. I would assume by then they'd have back at least Saquon and Andrew Thomas. I, I, I mean, Mac Jones has been pulled two straight games. I know Jan- I mean, Jalen Jones was pulled for injury. Mac Jones is pulled because they're losing by 30. Uh, and he, you know, per any grades like, you know, PFF and, you know, the EPA grades like Mac Jones is completely on the bottom. Uh, I, I think I, they made the, the team right now. I think you have the least faith in their offense uh, scoring points while their offense is also giving up points. Mac Jones, I mean, obviously everyone sees the stat about the pick sixes and, you know, Tom Brady in his career and he has it through X amount of games. Uh, I think it's bad times in New England. I agree. And it would be insane. I get Kraft is a competitor and, you know, all that. But, you know, the what Belichick's done, that earns a lifetime contract. It, when he wants to go, that's when he should go. And never before. But I'd at least rather be on the Patriots, right? I, I'd rather be a Patriots rookie if I was all about, like, let's get as many Ws as we can, fellas. I'd rather be on the Patriots than I would be on the Denver Broncos because the mm. four or five-year window for that team, I mean, with the amount of bank, now committed to Peyton and they still got Russ in that spot. So they've got to figure out how they're going to move on from Russ. And I mean, I don't know, Sean Payton going to work some miracle here and turn them around. Are they going to start trading everyone away? I think they're in worse shape, at least max on his rookie deal. You could just say, we have to figure out a different way. And if they stink uh, sufficiently, you know, they may get Drake may as a, as the result of that or Shadour Sanders, who knows? Um, that's a re- realistically in play for those Patriots. But yeah, I mean, it is crazy. The, you know, we've, we talked about it for three years since Brady went to the Bucks, but like someone's going to win this one in the, the, you know, the framers of history are going to look back and decide who was the more important um, member of that Patriots 20 year run. Pretty clear. It's Tom Brady at this point. I don't think anybody's going to try to make a case for Bill Belichick now. And so, um, boy, that, that's a fascinating one, but that is another example of, I thought the Patriots were one of those teams. It's like, they're a real good team. And in most NFL seasons, if they were in a, a typical conference, like that would be a playoff team. They're way worse than that. You're absolutely right. Like, so I thought the Patriots are going to be good. They're not. I thought that, um, the Jets with with Rodgers, obviously they were going to be on a different level than than they're on. The Bungles, because of Burrow, are not where they're supposed to be. Obviously, they have a chance to turn it around. And um, the South is the interesting one. Like right now, if you are Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, all four of those teams can get a wild card if you don't win the division because – what you're really competing against, consider Chiefs are going to win their division and the Chiefs are going to get a wild card or vice versa. Bills are or Dolphins are going to win their division. The other one's going to get the wild card. So that's two of the three wild cards right there. That means there's one wild card left for the AFC North and the AFC South to, to divide up between them. Right now, you would think it's going to be second place in the AFC North, but I don't know, man. The 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 um 
the Jags, the Colts are with Anthony Richardson going down. I don't know what's going to be with them, but the addition of Jonathan Taylor, interesting there. And the other one to watch for maybe a fallback here is where we started our a collective opinion. I think you were down on Buffalo, if I remember correctly. I know me and Hench were and said, and Hench even went so far as to say Bills missed the playoffs. The Bills without Mount Milano are going to be ding. So watch that team. They may fall back a little bit yet at three and two. They're not safely. I know people decreed like, see, they're back. They rule the East. Not necessarily if Matt Milano's down for a long stretch here. All right, let's turn from, uh, from football now to puck on the eve of the NHL 2023-2024 season. Don't worry, if you're not steeped in puck, we're about to make you steeped in puck. We're going to give you a little hockey for dummies in front of this season with our guy, Josh Yowie. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know what I like, everybody? I like to talk to sports fans. Even if they're professional media members, I like the ones who still remember what it is to live and die with their favorite teams because of longtime fandom and or because they put a few shekels on it. Well, Josh Yoey came up on the wrong end of an eight-way parlay this weekend. Nevertheless, he is standing tall because he is excited for the drop of the puck. 2023-2024 NHL season is upon us. It is time for a primer. If you turned your attention away over the summer from the puck, so be it. Matter of fact, if you've never watched it before, we're going to try to make you look smart so that you can get away with some conversation with even your most devoted puck enthusiast pals. We're about to talk to, from The Athletic, our guy, Josh Yoey. What's the poop, Yoey? How are you? How was summertime? Uh, Well, summertime was good. Thank you for getting in the parlay out of the way. I will hate the you forever for not taking a knee. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, But it, it was a good summer. And uh, everyone here in Western PA is, I would say, a little more excited for hockey season than usual. They already were because of Kyle Dubas just changing about half of the roster. Then you bring in Eric Carlson for good measure. They're back to being the Penguins again. Every game's going to be eight to six or seven to five. That's what the Yenzers like in their hockey. Um, going to be a really, really fun season. Oh, I love it. Nine to eight. That's why I think every game goes nine, eight this year for, uh, for the, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll get into them. We'll get into all of it. Um, yeah, it is a weird bit of irony that Pittsburgh sports fans are excited to move on from the Steelers (laughs) and their offensive coordinator, Canada, because a guy moved down from Canada to take over the Pittsburgh hockey team and run it and apparently the early returns looking good eric carlson future hall of famer reigning norris trophy champion that equals best defenseman for you newbies see that's where we start here yoey with some information for the people who aren't as devoted to the puck as you me eddie spaghetti and the rest of it and let's start with this one the biggest or the face of the game at this point clearly Connor mcjesus um and his pals there the most bizarre thing happening in sports that's a little undercovered, in my opinion, is that Connor McDavid, the best player unquestionably in the land, and Leon Dreisaitl, a former Hart Trophy slash MVP himself, uh, the fifth shortest odds to win the MVP again this year is Dreisaitl. McDavid, of course, the, the heavy, heavy favorite to get it once again. They've gone nowhere in the Campbell slash... Um, western conference ever eight years through is this the year it finally changes well i mean they are certainly one of a handful of teams that has a chance that the east is much better than the west right there's a handful of teams in the west colorado dallas vegas and certainly edmonton maybe a couple of others where i would float in there just to throw it in there it's funny because i think we can be short on these teams because i think it's just those four teams and then maybe the interloper is the Los Angeles Kings. And then that's the conversation yeah. on the oh, on the Campbell side of things. And they're a good team, but in the East, there's 12 or 13 teams that can right. make the playoffs. In the West, boy, you, you know who the favorites are. Edmonton, um, they're fascinating. To put into perspective how great McDavid is, this season, the Edmonton Oilers are on national television in the United States more than any other team. Hmm. That, 
the Edmonton Oilers, obviously a team that nobody in America really cares about, but but he is that much of an attraction. This is, I think, the most physically gifted player we've seen since 66. Um, and yet in the playoffs, he's been great. Dreisaitl's been great. If you look at their numbers, they've only advanced to the conference final one time. And McJesus is going to be, I think, 27 in January. So he's right in the prime. But the, those are the winning years in your mid-20s. If you look at the great players in the history of the sport, uh, Mario won his last cup at 26. Gretzky won his last cup at 27. Uh, Sid was 29. Like uh, The greatest players of all time are still great in their 30s, but they're typically not as dominant once you get into your 30s. Well, so. and the 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 empathetic uh, lamentations that go to Connor McJesus and, and his team, like, ah, oh, well, look how good he's played. But, you know, it's historically anomalous that this is what's going on. Whereas with the best to ever play football, like you would include Dan Marino and that got to that one Super Bowl and lost it. Um, mm-hmm. There are other big name NFLers who never sniffed a Super Bowl. Baseball, Ted Williams got to his one and lost it. Ernie Banks obviously never won it. Barry Bonds never won it, so on and so forth. Basketball has its luminaries who never got near um, an NBA title. The NHL, though, very, very few. The, the list is short, and it is not all that impressive, of the best guys who never won a Stanley Cup. This is getting super-duper weird, and we don't talk about it because it's hockey. And if it were going on, if the same phenomenon were going on in any of the other sports, look at how we talk about the Halos with Otani and Trout for only about three years together. The hand-wringing there is 100 times what it is about what goes on up in Edmonton, right? No, it is. And the fascinating thing to me... It's not like McDavid and Dreisaitl choke when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, the right. Last, the last two springs, they've been unbelievable. They're putting up like Lemieux and Gretzky numbers. They're putting up two points a game. Um, that's what it's not like. They're Clayton Kershaw who shows up in the playoffs, and all of a sudden he's not Clayton Kershaw. It's not like that at all. Um, the Oilers have not been a well-run team for a long time. They still have some issues. Darnell Nurse is their number one defenseman, making more than $9 million a year. He's a good player. He's not a number one defenseman. Um, they have allotted some money, I think, very poorly. Um, they're not a good defensive team. You still have to have an element of that. Um, we think of like Colorado and the Penguins of 16 and 17 as high-powered offensive champions. But those teams could lock you down and still win 2-1 if they had to. Edmonton's never really shown that ability. They, they will outscore you. Um, and they have maybe the greatest power play of all time. I mean, really, the, the numbers speak for themselves. What their power play did last season, like way over 30%. You'd never see that. And it was even better in the playoffs. But five on five, they're just not a great team. They they have two great players. Um, that said, I, I always expect one of these years they're going to break through and get to the final. They, they kind of have to when you have those two guys. Um, but that said, uh, if you're asking who my pick is to come out of the West, it's not Edmonton, but, but, but I wouldn't be shocked if they do, um, one of these years you have. Okay. One of them, first of all, give us your pick to come out of the, uh, the Campbell conference when they're healthy. I just can't pick against Colorado. I still think they're the best team on paper uh, when they're healthy. We'll see if they will be with you there, but then also, um, Florida Panthers did it last season at, um, two years ago. The Avs, it felt like, did it. Has it been rendered clear? You and I have had this conversation. Goaltending, largely fungible in the NHL in the 21st century. We obsess over it. A goalie can cost you 
a a springtime series, but these days, the size of the pads and all of that, it kind of is overstated how important the goaltender is, right? It's sort of like watching a gymnast or a figure skater, like don't fall down and we're good kind of thing, right? <laughs> well, I would argue, yes. Um, the difference between the fifth best goalie in the league and the 20th best, it's not that big. It's really not. No, you have some outliers. There are a couple, couple of stars. You've got your Shesterkins, Eddie Shesterkins, and and you got um, you know, you you know, there's four or five goalies that are head and shoulders above everyone else. But if you don't have one of those guys, you can still win the cup. Henrik okay. Lundqvist never won a cup, right? I mean, Carey Price never won a cup. Those are the two best goalies of the last 15 years. So it, it's it, it never makes sense goaltending to me. You don't know from one year to the next. Sure, you want to have a good one, but. Oftentimes we probably do overstate it a little bit. I know people, people, one of the chief um, pieces of evidence people point to when I, that I'm overly optimistic is when I'm like, I'm okay with Tristan Jari. I think it's fine to have resigned him for that dollar amount. People like, dude, see, you can't be taken seriously. If you can't bad math uh, what Tristan Jari's been, I'm fine with him. Um, so we won't pick a Vezina winner, best goalie and all of that, but let's pick Hart Trophy here. And it's, again, fascinating where McDavid's, because he's so clear-cut the favorite. This does not exist in any of the other sports, creating an individual talent hierarchy, but it basically the bookmakers lay it bare for you. McJesus is such a heavy favorite. The second best option in Hart odds is 12-1 to 1 with Nathan McKinnon. Is there a name out there? If it's not an Edmonton Oiler, as I say, two of the top five options for you are Edmonton Oilers. Give me a fun bet because 12 to 1 requires that you make a bet like this. Sidney Crosby and, and Spaghetti's guy, the bread man, are 75 to 1 to get it. Yep. Give me one name to, to lay a wager on that isn't just uh, throwing money out the window on day one of the season. At the risk of sounding like a homer, I was just talking with Rob Rossi about this the other day, my colleague at The Athletic. I said, sit 75 to 1. I said, listen, of course, McDavid's probably going to win. But I, I know these people who vote for the award. I'm one of them. And I can tell you that they all like the good narrative. They hmm. love it. They don't like voting for – they didn't like voting for Michael Jordan every year, right? Sometimes, eh, Carl Malone had a great year. Let's give him the lifetime achievement MVP. There's always different things like that. Sid's only ever won two MVPs. He should have like four or five. That's a different story for, for another day. But if he gets 100 points this year and the Penguins are back in the playoffs, like I know how voters think. And some of them are like, you know, Sid probably deserves one more. And, and if McDavid – pulls his groin and misses a money. Yeah, who knows? I mean, if, if McDavid is healthy for 82 games, I, I can't imagine him not winning it. But if he's not, it opens up the field for a lot of people. And I'm telling you, the voters love Sid. Uh, but 75 to 1, that's a great bet. It, it, you talk about a value bet. Uh, if he has one last real great season in him, I, I could see something like that happening. Listen, it's not crazy in this way because – there are guys who transcend their sport. Bill Belichick is a head coach. I don't know if you heard he's uh, his name's in the news lately. People are saying oh, he might get fired, which is crazy. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, I, I mean, come on. They're not going to fire Bill Belichick, are they? But anyhow, um, <laughs> right. His, his standard gets to be so outsized that you judge him differently and you ding him. He becomes the victim of his success. Same thing with Crosby. And this happens with a lot of guys. Uh, 
you know, Brady didn't win enough MVPs say, when he's clearly the best player in the league and all of that. With the NHL, I'm interested that you say narrative could beat out, like, you know, it, in the NFL MVP race. At this point, you know it's a QB, mm-hmm. and it's the guy whose team definitely finished in first place, and he's definitely in the top two or three statistically, or else he has no chance. You're saying, because to me, it feels like the NHL MVP award has now kind of sort of turned into, because McDavid is so far ahead of second place in terms of scoring. It's like, we can't justify giving this award to anyone other than that cat. You're saying that there is a legitimate chance that could change. I think so. I mean, hmm. now listen, we know how it was in the eighties. You knew who they were voting for before. You know, it didn't matter. Gretzky was their guy. But other than that, um, you know, there have been lots of instances where people won the scoring title and did not win the MVP. Armour Yager won five scoring titles. He only won the MVP one time. Now a cynic hmm. might say, well, He's a European and they don't like him. There's probably some some truth to that. Um, even 66 won six scoring titles, only won three MVPs. So I I think there can be some voter fatigue. And a lot of these people who vote, they like to outthink themselves and show off how smart they are. Last year, you know, McDavid won the scoring title by 30 points. It, it was a no-brainer. Um, it, it could happen though. <clears throat> if his play declines a little bit. Even if he still wins the scoring title. Or even his goal total goes down. If if year to year he drops off, because that was the story last year, is that he was pumping him in at a career high rate. If he drops right. off there, I do think then there is something to what you're saying. I do. And I wonder, and listen, he's the best player in the world. He's one of the best players of all time. I don't know if he's going to put up 150 points every season. He, as great as he is, man, I don't know if their power play can do that again. So that might be a high bar for him to hit. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I know I'm telling you a lot of voters don't like voting for the same guy every year. Um, there could be a few different names that could pop up into the equation, but we cannot deny the kid's greatness. I don't care if he's not won a cup or not. Uh, you see him play to see him play in person, man. Um, much like some of the greats in the history of the game, you see him play in person. It just blows you away. I mean, the wheels are just, it, it, it's hard to fathom that he is the, 21st century skaters are so far superior to their forefathers and that he blows past the this current uh, era of skaters is, is something to behold. All right, let's turn to that aforementioned Wales conference. But before we do, we have to stop very quickly and, and say hello to Eddie Spaghetti here. Now he's a, now he's a, a New York Rangers fan. I don't know if you remember Josh Yoey, but you and Eddie Spaghetti couple springs ago the rags and the pens hooked up for for i mean it was it, it, it was a horrible it was a horrible seven games to to suffer <laughs> through every one was a was <laughs> was a greek tragedy to live through we all made it though do we have peace i felt like there was some acrimony that emerged between yoey and spaghetti spaghetti and yoey from that series are we cool spaghetti I mean, I, yeah, I, I follow okay. Josh. I read jo- I mean, the athletic is my number one source for anything hockey related. I think they do the best job at it. And, uh, I, Josh is not an example of all the salty Pittsburgh Penguins fans that, you know, it was a great series victory by the Rangers. Um, do the Penguins fans still get made fun of in Rangers circles on various podcasts and maybe their Reddit page and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's still it's still a thing that they they mock because of how uh, insane that reaction was. But 
you know what, in, in the long run, it didn't really matter because uh, the Rangers did not hoist Lord Stanley. So I feel like it was all for naught. See, those were nice words. There was <laughs> there was... <laughs> oh, Penguins fans still get made fun of. Now, Yoey, are you good with spaghetti and his rags? I have always liked spaghetti. There is okay. always peace between us. We might not always agree on certain topics. I I do find um, it's funny. I have to deal with all the different fan bases. Mm-hmm around the league and none of them really like you when you cover the penguins because i think we can agree the penguins are one of the most hated teams in the league you either love them or hate them there's because they're much- good bad, bad people that are good for too long people have to start rooting right. against them that's what rangers everyone thinks i hate flyers fans the most rangers fans are tough really rangers, why because they're more educated right flyers fans are like they're just kind of ravenous animals and, and so you don't take them as serious like there's, that's kind of part of their philly charm whereas new york people they can like hit you where it hurts because they're, they're pretty smart and uh so yeah you know i've always had some words with rangers fans, okay all, i mean if you if, if you have never watched four seconds of hockey and uh-huh. what's further if you've never been to a game as everybody in your life who has always will tell you oh you've got to see it live but yep. listen there's plenty you can gain by watching it on the tv and if there's one thing you need to know if you love uh, one of my favorite things about sports rivalries and the bitterness of rivalries, second to none in puck. I would just, just to like as an educational tool for anybody who's going to jump in the most bitter um, feuds. I feel like with a few exceptions around hockey, North America exist in the Northeast. Is that fair to, to say that? I, I mean, I know so. Detroit and Colorado, but that's 20 years in the rear view. Yeah, I had their thing, but. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know Pittsburgh, Philly, and and then Pittsburgh and all the New York teams and Boston and Toronto and Montreal all hate each other. Yeah, I think you're Who, right. What is what is uh, your most bi- give me your my hate rankings go? The Islanders a big upset last year finally vaulted past the Flyers. The Islanders are my most hated team in sports. Flyers still there. Really? Penn State three, then the Devils. Then the rags and capitals are kind of tied. They they've they've caused me some pain, but not nearly the the suffering that the other teams have. Oh, you know, it's funny. I I grew up in I was born in 1980, so you know, late 80s, early 90s was when you know my 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 heart really got involved with the Pittsburgh teams. I still hate the Atlanta Braves to this day very very much. Huh. Uh, that one okay. never that bitterness never left. Um, I, I plainly admit that I. I, even though they always stink, uh, NFL-wise, I hate the Browns more than any team by far. I don't hate the Ravens anymore. I actually have a healthy respect. Like, Steelers and Ravens fans don't really hate each other anymore. Like, I've noticed a, that. There's a weird respect. That's we have developed. to tip our cap to each other. It's like, we're going to play ugly football games, but by God, it's coming down to the last play every time, and everyone's going to – we're just going to try to kill each other, but we'll shake your hand at the end. Like, we, at a- we we both can agree that at least we don't lot live in Ohio. I mean, I that's think cool. that's like – that's where we come together with Ravens. Yeah, you, me, you, me, and Eddie have a lot of uh, – we find peace in, in knowing that we don't live in the state of Ohio, no question. Uh, the Br- Browns fans just really get under my skin. Like they're they're a very crude bunch. They've never won anything. Just just go. Away. Well, that's like spaghetti talking about people on his rags uh, Reddit lines laughing <laughs> at Penguins fans. We're the ones with all the Stanley Cups. What are you laughing at, rags people? Um, right. <laughs> laughing at us? How dare you? Yes, that's a, a, I find that amusing. Like a clown. Like pet. You know, it's to say when Browns fans laugh at us, they're the ones who they should be mad at are Baltimore people. Baltimore's the one that took your team. We didn't do nothing to you. Right, they are the right. ones with your Lombardis. They yeah. were taking up with them. Modell took them away. <laughs> I didn't do it. 
nothing to do with it. Completely uh, agree. I didn't decide that your town stunk so bad that that he'd rather live in Baltimore, Maryland. Boy, no bigger <laughs> indictment of the state that's, of Ohio. That's a huge indictment. All right, listen. Okay, listen. Now we're wasting time. Let's talk about Puck. We're trying to educate people here, <laughs> right? Let's count up the eight teams. Now, for at minimum three years, again, a little under the radar compared to what you see in the AFC this year and the Western Conference and the NBA for 20 years. Not as much sports fan discussion about it, but this whale slash East has been brutal for the last three-ish years or so in the NHL. And just getting into the playoffs is an achievement. Yeah. Let's start here. Are the Bruins who had the greatest, the Boston Bruins had mm -hmm. literally the greatest regular season in the history of hockey last year. The Florida Panthers who had the best season the year prior in all the NHL barely get into the postseason, but then run it all the way to the final. Are both those teams, the Bruins and the Panthers going to miss the playoffs this year in the East to prove the point about how tough it is? I think one of them certainly could. I don't know about both. Now, Boston's going to take a huge step back. Now, the thing about Boston, though, that they can take a huge step back and maybe still be a playoff team because what they did in the regular season was insane. Um, but I, I'm not sold on Florida. I think Florida's good. But plus I, 225 I, yeah. to miss are the Panthers, and uh, Boston's plus 180 to miss the playoff. So that, that division value at least. That division, listen, Toronto's a playoff team. They're really good. Um, after that, you have a bunch of good teams. I mean, Tampa's going to take a step back, and without Vasilevsky the first two months, I think they're in danger of not making the playoffs. I kind of agree with you, right? Is that is that run over with? Yeah, and it's, both, it's And they've spent a lot of money on guys who I, I don't like some of the contracts on the team. And and I got to be honest, like I think Ottawa's pretty good, and I think Buffalo's pretty good. I think one of those two teams, I actually like Ottawa better. Like I could see Ottawa being a playoff team. I know that seems crazy, but I, I think that team's pretty good. Look at their lineup. Look at their forwards. That team's going to score a lot of goals. Oh, I listen. I like Ottawa a ton. I like Buffalo a tick better. I mean, I I, I feel like the way our rolling conversation again for this last three four year window is that offense is on the rise and continues to be. At some point, does it hit its head on the ceiling and defense starts to take over and it regresses a little bit, or does the ascent of the the offensive powerhouse teams continue to to rule the game in twenty three twenty four here? No, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, the most popular man in Pittsburgh, Kyle Dubas, held a press conference this morning. And he was asked basically, like, when you put your team together, do, do you pay attention to who just won the cup and try to emulate what they're doing? And you know, Vegas scores, but they're kind of a bigger, heavier team. And mm -hmm. Dubas said that's the worst thing you can do. He said, figure out how you want to win and, and build your team that way because you can win any different style. And he's right, really. Look at St. Louis just won because they were big and strong and beat people up. But Colorado would skate circles around teams. Uh, you know, there's different ways to win. Uh, for sure. So, well, spirit of the game. Yeah. I mean, I like Buffalo, the rise of Buffalo. Same thing with Ottawa, except that it's in Ottawa. And then that's not <laughs> exciting to, to, no, those Americans, teams are both good. Detroit will be better. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. Montreal. Okay. So, okay. So, we, so, so you got Buffalo. You're saying they're in or you don't I'm know? Not, I like Ottawa better than Buffalo. Why be the, the back end of Buffalo? I mean, the, the, those two mooses that they put on the blue line and, uh, 
uh, is is a great place to start back there. Is it the, is is there undoing the? I, I just tried to slough off the importance of goaltending, but is that the issue there? I don't trust it. Corpusalo is in Orlando and uh, Ottawa now. I kind of like him actually. I give them, but they're they're very similar teams. So they're both young teams on the rise. I bet one of them gets in. I, I don't see both of them. For you like Buffalo a little better. I like Ottawa a little better. They're both they're both interesting. I'll pick Ottawa and not Buffalo, but I, they're like right on the right on the cusp. Hey, I I mean, Tage Thompson, people take great offense to this where you're sitting on the banks of the three rivers. There's no greater uh, insult that you can give. a. I mean, to Lemieux by comparing him to a mere mortal. But the fact is, Tage Thompson moves and cuts the figure of Lemieux. I'm not saying he's as good as him, but he no. does move really and about the, his dimensions indicate that he's 66 uh, he's, Lemieux reincarnated out there, right? He's a star. He's a star. He re, he's a great player. Uh, no, he really is. I mean, like I said, Montreal is the only team in that division that I would definitely say no chance for the playoffs. Okay, here we go. All right. You're saying you're saying Ottawa or Buffalo, but not both. Okay, so that's right. one. You say Toronto's gonna win that division? Yes. So that's two. Yes. All right, keep going. Boston. I, think, I still think Boston gets in. Okay, that's three. Or right, you're shaking up my thoughts here. Okay. This, we have very different uh um, eight teams in the uh, coming out of the whales. Then that's the problem with the East. That's uh, right. You know what? I think Florida gets in, and I don't think Tampa does. I think Tampa takes Ooh, a big step back. Okay, so we're four through here. Spaghetti, agree, disagree with any of those? The Ottawa pick I love because I was huh. high on Ottawa last year, but was off that by year. But I mean, if you look at their lineup, like obviously Brady Kachuk, everyone's talking about Matt Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, younger, could be the better player. Hmm. Uh, they did sign Vlad Tarasenko. Uh, I mean, Stutzel's going to be awesome. And then Chikern on defense. Um, and then, yeah, Corpusalo, like it's, they're more to me, a more of a safe bet than Buffalo, but everyone seems to love Buffalo because of Tage Thompson, the young talent there. But I think Ottawa is just the deeper team. So I'm with that Ottawa pick. I just think when you go uh, uh, power and, uh, and Darlene, I mean, it's, it's like, in that like 50 minutes of the game that one of those two guys is going to be on the ice. It, it, oh, it's, there's no question. They've got legitimate star power. I might be biased because I just watched the Penguins put up seven in Buffalo the other night in the dress rehearsal and they didn't have too, too much trouble with those two young defensemen. Um, but I, I, I just, I love Ottawa's depth. I, that team up front, they're going to score a ton of goals. This is fun. I, 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 you know what they need to do though? They need to wear those the, the red and black, the thick stripe shirt. You know yes. that's that that retro sweater. That's their best. Oh, yeah. They need to they need to go with that one. This is going to be talk about Yoey. You're going to make it all back. And how when you bet this eight way parlay, the teams that make <laughs> the playoffs in the whales here. We, each of the three of us must bet this. You got to put something on your eight some because right. if it pays off uh dinner on that guy for the other two next time yo he makes his way out to la all right continue so those are your four from that side of the bracket uh, they of, the, are. of the wins okay and of course for those who don't know if we have any newbies out there you know five teams can get in from one division and three from the other Sorry. but I'm, I'm gonna guess four i'm gonna go a little more by the chalk uh in the metro i, I think carolina and jersey really good i mean they're clearly playoff teams the Rangers are still a playoff team, especially. But ultimately, people. choose because if we're if we're gonna bet on a team to win the Metro, I, um, I Caroline is is the play, right? Svechnikov yeah. coming back, no health issues, any questions there? Or a full season on the blue line. 
Yes, they have no weaknesses. That now, now the playoffs are a different story with them, but they are a regular season machine. They're very well coached. So I would say them first. I'd say Jersey second. I'd probably say the Rangers third and the Pittsburgh Penguins getting in number four. Wait, well, that was my next question. Okay, huh? so that's your four. So the Pittsburgh Penguins do get it. Oh, yeah, I think they do. Um, I think they're much better this season on paper. I think they're deeper. Uh, I worry about the age. I always do. Uh, there are some nights the legs aren't going to be there, and we know that. Um, you know, the Rangers are getting older too. Incidentally, I They're just like, wanted to ask you, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings on no. this, uh, on this convert during this conversation, but you know, two years ago, three years ago, everybody was talking about like, no one's talking about the youngsters gather around up in MSG, but look <laughs> out for these Rangers, everybody next five <laughs> years, cup two, three. Now, then come the Jer New Jersey devils. Now here are the Buffalo Sabres uh -huh. and the Ottawa senators. And the Detroit Red Wings. What I'm asking is, has that rags window closed? I don't think it's closed, but I, yeah, I think it's time for them to make their run if they're going to put it that way. I, I was actually looking at their roster the other day. It was older than I realized. Wow, it's, I, I said the same thing last spring to Spaghetti. I was like, all of a sudden, like, wow, they have some super heavy contracts on guys on the wrong side of 30 that I guess I didn't realize they had. You know, the two guys they drafted first overall and second overall have never, you know, they're good players, but they're not stars uh, hmm. the way I think a lot of people thought they would be by now. I'd and love that, Lafreniere to be in Pittsburgh on the on the third line, but, you know, I don't think he's the superstar anybody thought. He's he a good be. player. And he yeah. plays the real edge, too. I mean, I, I like his game. If you remove the fact that he was the first overall pick, you'd really like him. Um, but that's always in the back of your mind, right? Now, the, as long as they have that goaltender, I listen, they're still a threat. Uh, he will get them to the playoffs. And, and you still, you know, even though the Penguins certainly solved him for the first four games of that series a couple of years ago, you still don't want to play a goalie like that in the postseason. And I think that was his first postseason, too, which we should certainly remember. So, no, they're still hmm. a threat. Uh, they are. And, you know, the remember Pen when he died in, in game two? He is he a drama. He died on the ice. He just died, but then he was I, resurrected. And so they ended I, up winning that series. He certainly, uh, yes, he's not above acting a little bit which it's so we have so yoey's official pick does not include in his eight-way parlay no <laughs> new york islanders no, no washington capitals nope. obviously no flyers will be in contention on the whale side of things to be the worst team in the league and the blue jackets are too far off they, they, they there's too big a deficit they have some nice players but they're they, not a fact. they're not terrible but they've been through a lot this summer and i just i just don't yeah, see yeah. them as a playoff team <laughs> okay um, all right, listen, Spaghetti, you have any final questions you want to throw out here to Yoey before we, you know, put everything, transfer it from pencil into pen and we make our season picks? Final questions? Um, I mean, or thoughts, pushback otherwise? I, I think I agree with the Hurricanes, number one. Um, but weirdly, as a Rangers fan, they've played them pretty well. So I'm not terrified of them. Um, I think the uh, Devils, I mean, yeah, they did keep Team of Meyer and stuff, but they, I think the goaltending could be an issue, and they did lose Severson and Graves, and then they're relying a lot on, like, Luke Hughes to be great. And then that I think a lot can go wrong with Devils. Like, they're a fast kind of pace offense, like the Oilers. If their back end's not good, the defense's not good, goalie's not good, it's like they could really take a step back. So I would not be surprised if they take a step back. And I think that the Rangers – uh, I'm more bullish on them than last year. I just think that there were some real mm. issues where, where there was Gerard Gallant was clearly not liked by the locker room. Um, that's kind of being odd, like 
this offseason was made it pretty obvious. I told that, you that last year, Spaghetti. You argued. With no, but they me, kept but it. But they kept that. it really. They kept it really like uh, under wraps. But then the, it kind of exploded when he fought Chris Jury, um, and everyone knew about that. So, <laughs> but getting Lobs in there, who's actually implementing a system, is good. I think putting Kabakak on the first line with uh, apparently the very old Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, who are like 30, 31 years old. But um, that's fine. But so him playing on that first line will be great. And then I think they have to give. Lafreniere more power play minutes he has improved every year five on five he just gets very little ice time the complete opposite of like someone like a Jack Hughes who the Devils are like you're gonna play a half hour every game they don't do that with the young guys but um I, I like the moves they made bring in Benino and Wheeler some guys with grit and edge um I know they're more on the veteran age side but that's fine so I, I did like the moves and I, I would not be shocked if the Rangers finish above the Devils um and I do like hmm. the Islanders to get I think the Islanders will win every game this year like two one or three two and they're gonna get in um i think they're 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 they, he sorokin could win the vesna hmm. um all right some interesting pushback there some agreement uh last thing i can't talk to you yoey without talking a little black and gold here very fast though let's let's uh try and make some sense of of this team who is put in order of most uh most loathe sports figure in pittsburgh right now Matt Canada, Bob Nutting, Tristan yep. Jari. <laughs> well, I still think he's a distant third compared to the top two. <laughs> because he hasn't heard us lately. That's why. Because right. people have kind of forgotten. He he probably, Jari's probably thinking like, thank goodness for Matt Canada, man. That he is. Um, Jari is going to be under the microscope all season. He has a lot of physical talent. Jari does. He's very gifted. Um, does he have it upstairs? That's always been the question with him. Can you trust him in big games? Can you trust him when you're up three, two with two minutes left in the third period? And those are very valid questions. I can tell you from just watching this team in training camp every day, bet the over liberally with this team. They're, they're going to score a ton of goals and they're going to give up a ton of goals every game. I, I'm telling you, there's going to be six, five games all the time. That's how they want to play. They, Eric Carlson, like, you think Chris Letang drives you nuts in the defensive zone? Wait till you see this guy. I can't wait. Wait till you see this guy. He just That's jumps what Spaghetti the... and, uh, and Kevin Hench keep trying to get into me about. They're like, he's such a terrible defensive liability. I'm like, it's going to be delightful. I mean, what a fun regular season we have in store for us. My, my only concern is Riley Smith and all the big, you know, they got bigger and they would appear to be deeper now in the bottom, um, the, the, the two bottom lines and all of that. I don't like the Jeff Zucker loss. It's sort of like Cam Sutton moving on and we got excited about Patrick Peterson, but it's like, yeah, we would have been fine if we would have held on to that guy. That concerns me a little bit. Overstatement no. by me? No, no. I mean, he, I think Riley Smith's a similar player, but I, no, I like Zucker a lot. I mean, that guy played a hundred miles per hour every game by the kind of guy you want, especially in the postseason. I don't think there's any question. So no, they, they certainly could miss him. There are, now, the bottom six is much better. It's still not great. Uh, the third pairing on the blue lines a little concerning. Uh, the how gentleman... concerning? Mean, who come? Come on! I think people keep doing this. Go back <laughs> and look at the Penguins rosters that won Stanley Cups, that's, that's and tell fair. me. I'm, I'm not talking about the early '90s. Even. Forget about Grant Jennings. I'm talking <laughs> about in this millennium. Look at the defensive pairings and tell me like it was airtight. Boy, that was six guys. Nothing you could do anything with. If you were against them, like they had some, they had some bum. I agree. There. I think to play devil's advocate, I would tell you Crosby and Malkin are not as dominant now as they were then. 
certainly certainly Malkin. Um, but they're they're going to score a lot of goals. Uh, I'm telling Eric Carlson is literally going to jump into the rush every play. It's what he does. I mean, it's going to be up and down hockey. And for those who don't know, if you don't know much about the Penguins, like that's just in their DNA. Uh, people here don't want to win games two one. They just don't. They want offense, and that's who the Penguins are. And right. Kyle. Kyle Duba said it. He said, I talked with Mike Sullivan in the offseason, and Sully said, Offense is our DNA. So let's try to score more goals. So that's what they're going on. We are going on 35 years of this being. I know it hits the ear weird when you when you hear it, even if you're a dyed in the wool puck lover. The last 35 years, the most successful team in the NHL is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they've done it with a consistent brand of high flying. Devil may care. Are we hanging the goalie out the dry? Take care of it back there. We're going to score more goals kind of kind of hockey. It's the best. I can't wait. I, you know, like I say, nine, eight every game this year. It'll be it. fun at minimum. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Can I hop yep. in with some breaking news yeah, yeah. here? Uh-oh. A little breaking news. Uh, we're talking about goaltending and a guy the Devils were, you know, a bunch of other teams running on in too, but the Winnipeg Jets have just re-signed Connor Hellybuck to a uh, $8.5 million, seven-year deal. So he's staying in Winnipeg. So uh, teams will Good. not be getting a goalie to market. Yeah, I think it's great. It's great for oh. us. I'd hate oh. it if he went to the Canes. So, you know, a team like that gets them, then you're like, well, let's not even bother playing the season. So right. I'm glad that I, this is good to hear that. Um, yo, you're the tops, man. Go place that uh, that parlay. And here's what I started with, and I'll finish with. Here's what's great about Yoey. You must follow him on social media because he you, you keep it real objective. You try to keep it real nice with the puck, and you make some keen observations about – you love the Colorado Avalanche. You know, that's objective. Like, they're fun to watch. As Some of the afternoons, I'm not objective at all. I know where you're going. <laughs> and he talks about other Pittsburgh's teams, though. Gets very gets, gets very sour. Gets very sour. He yinzes it up real good. Yeah, he's like, what's up with this Buckeyes team? I'm tired of watching them, Yins. I love it, man. I think you're wrong, by the way. I think they're going to the playoffs next year. Got it. You got to see the text that I sent Kabali during Steelers games. He just ignores me. I'll send him 50 texts in a row about the coach or whatever. He just ignores every single one. Then after they win, he calls me and he says, feeling better now. <laughs> every, oh, every- well, he's a bum too. Kabali too. <laughs> Kabali with all of his uh, six and 11 jive. Who's he trying to impress with that? I know it. I know it. Dude, I could see it. I could see it happening. I could see him go six. and. You could see the Steelers going six and 11. Could you? Um, all right, listen, it's going to be a gay season. I can't wait for it. You've just uh, helped us get right for it in the wild. November, November 9th, November 9th in Los Angeles. I expect to see you in the crowd when the uh, penguins are, uh, in, in Southern California. Consider it done until then, Yoey. It's been, I was going to say a thin slice of heaven, but then people stop listening because they think the show's over, but our conversation is hereby over. Wish spaghetti a good luck this year. Always a pleasure. Spaghetti, let's do Penguins-Rangers in the playoffs. Let's have a little rematch. I think that'd be fun. I may not be watching them, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble won't like that. All right, there, there he goes. The great Josh Yowie, everybody. And now a quick break. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. There it is, Spaghetti. Final thoughts. Uh, I am very happy with that breaking news of Heli Book. I That was one Me thing I've been talking with right. some hockey friend, friends. They're like, hey, if the Devils struggle, they may try to get him. I know, like, you know, I guess Frederick Anderson's fine in Carolina, but there's some teams if they got a guy like that, like an actual Vesna candidate, um, that would stink. I'm not sure why Winnipeg did that because they're not that very good. They're in this weird kind of flux position, but whew, I could, like, rest easy now that I don't have to worry about him coming to a, a Metro rival. They have the shortest odds, but just to wrap it up here, the Atlantic division, the Leafs are plus 175, and that makes them uh, have shorter odds by uh, by uh, quite a bit over second place Boston. It feels like the Leafs have a lock on that division all of a sudden. The Canes, I mm-hmm. think the three of us agreed at plus 180 is the right play there. Sure. Um, we have a mixed bag of who's going to make the playoffs. I agree that the Caps ain't getting there. I don't think the Islanders are. Obviously, I'm going to put the Penguins into the playoffs here. I really do think that they overturn things with with that in mind, like that we must not let the big three miss the postseason again for the next couple few years. While the window, even though it may be only a crack open, it is open as long as 87, 71, and 58 are dressing up there. So they'll get in. Your rags will get in. Devils, Canes, Leafs. I'm putting the, uh, the, the Sabres in. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? It is funny. Like talk about victim of your own success. I think the Bruins will get in. I think they're not, they're not, I mean, yes, some big losses, but they still do have, you know, Pasternak is the sniper of the NHL at this point. Decide to make that. Yeah. So anyway, that, those was, are my eight for you. I was just going to say back to the MVP conversation. There was a guy that had only a, a couple goals less than McDavid last year. And it was David Pasternak. He's like, right. He's a superstar that nobody really talks about. He's the same age as Connor. Uh, if there ever was an MVP candidate for a guy who could really put the team on his back and get them back, you know, into the playoffs, I, I think that the roster is still very good though. Like, I don't know if the goalies will play. The goalies are not that great, um, but the the difference is they have such a great defensive core. Like McAvoy's up there pretty high in the in the uh, the Norris Trophy odds too. So they have a great back end, and I still think when you have um, you know a lot of forwards who play two ways, obviously no Bergeron, but you have Marshawn and and like I said, Pasta and the like, they're going to be fine. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Well, 75 to one for kid Crosby. That's the end of my heart conversation. That's a fun bet. You got to put something on that one. I do think that the Canes get through the rugged whales this year to the final where they will play 
going to go with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers have their narrative in place that this has got to be our year. It's all been mounting to this. But remember, the Avs took that weird step back because of injury last year. So they're playing for something chip on their shoulder, probably relatively fresh with the time off that McCarr got and McKinnon got last season in a weird way that uh, it seems to um, have residual effect when you are an NHLer who continually makes long springtime if your team is making long spring springtime runs that at some point that catches up with you it feels like the Avs got a little bit of break in that regard um so maybe they're fresher and better for it this year so i'll say the Avs get there to play the canes that's my final spaghetti yours uh, just to change things up uh not to give chalk to give a, a canes oilers or even the, the Avs, which i agree i think people are kind of sleeping on them they they were just so um snake bit with injury luck bad injury luck last year and they'll be healthy again but um i'm gonna go uh i guess i wouldn't be a fan of, i didn't pick my guys i think there's a true you know josh is part of the athletic the athletic is pretty high in the rangers per their model and some of their staff so i i do like the rangers to come out of the East. I, I do think that they are a deep team. They have young kids to plug in. They, if they need to. Um, and plus Igor, you know, uh, obviously a guy who could win the Vesna and another team I was high on last year in the West. And I, it's tough to go back to back. So I kind of am going to withdraw uh, Vegas here. And I, I think that I still am afraid of the defense and goalie issues for Edmonton. And um, I, I think that Dallas is a pretty, solid team a guy that ottinger could win vesna um they have some great young pieces they have guys who could score a bunch of they're great defensively they're pretty solid they're pretty deep uh across the board here so i want to go a dallas stars new york rangers stanley cup final um and uh but uh, yeah if the rangers think by november i won't be watching all right well see at least you have reason to watch you have one more month to watch and then that's it for spaghetti and sports we one way or the other are going to talk about sports as soon as this thursday on this very program minus three with kevin hench that time look for that one we'll get you right for the sports weekend before that we have extra points me and sarah tiana and the blue ribbon panel figuring things out spaghetti and jen piacente doing waiver wire toby mergler and eddie spaghetti actually to try and get you right for hockey season thrice this week make sure you're checking out trendy lemon pepper parlay with martin weiss and mark gunnels getting you right for all things football we appreciate you following along for the ride make sure you subscribe to our youtube page as well like i say we'll talk to you a little later in the week until then thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven